I'm very happy, very grateful and excited. And I think all of those three things kind of go very together for me. Feeling happy, feeling appreciative. That's exciting to me. I don't know if you're going to see this voice, but I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. Is, are you happy? Yes. I'm the happiest I've ever been happy? right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Are You Happy Podcast. Lately, we've been venturing into the business world and meeting all kinds of individuals in business, talking about business, talking about life and happiness, but also learning more about what makes them tick. So today's guest is very, very awesome. Not only is he in Texas, which makes him super cool, but he has the best name ever, John Winner. John Winner is the CEO of Kaizen. But fun fact, John is a very, very serious sports person, and he's also also into double desserts. And we're going to find out all about that and his amazing business ethic and his story. So John, nice to meet you. Welcome to Are You Happy Podcast. Great to meet you, Vanessa. Thank you for the kind words and uh, excited to be here. You are quite welcome. Well-deserved. And I can't wait to hear about your journey. But just a few moments ago in this little pre-interview, we were talking about double desserts and I have to start there. Tell me about this <laughs> philosophy, where it derived and what it does. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, when you're a kid, you get the dessert menu and you're at a restaurant and you kind of always have to pick one if you're lucky, if you're allowed to get dessert. So once I started making a little money and having my own job, I decided one day, I think I want to try two of these desserts. And uh, it kind of became a habit. You know, sometimes you, you see two special desserts and so willing to jump in and, and try them both. So it's a lot of fun. Have you applied the same logic to business? Absolutely. Well, when I see opportunities worth working on, I absolutely want to to get after those. And so I do think that I double down on a lot of different things in life. It sounds like you're also willing to try different things and do different things. And I would imagine that that makes you pretty successful in the business world. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes it a lot of fun wanting to live an amazing adventure and try a lot of different new things. I think it keeps you learning. And I think that the process of newness and being open to it and not saying, I already know what that is or how that works is something that is a really important mentality to have as a person. What would you categorize or what would you label that as? If you had to give it a name, what would you call that? Evolution, continuous improvement, a lifelong learner. Those would be things that I I would... I would categorize it under. That is a great mindset to have for sure. Who taught you that? Where did you learn it? Was it a book? Was it a person? Was it a movie? Was it a postcard? What was it? I mean, I think a lot of it comes from my parents and school uh, early on, you know, wanting to learn, wanting to be better, wanting to constantly improve. When I was at the University of Texas, someone from Toyota came, an engineer, and they were speaking to our business class about philosophy of Kaizen, which is a Japanese philosophy of continuous and never-ending small improvements always looking to make those improvements. And there was a really compelling story where there was a car being manufactured in both the United States and Japanese and Japan, sorry. And all of the cars from the American plant had an issue where the door was squeaking and none of the cars from the Japanese plant had that issue. So they went to the American plant to figure out what is it that the Americans are doing wrong in building our cars, right? And they found that the American 
Mason plant was building the cars exactly to the specification. But when they went over to the Japanese plant, they found that they were doing it differently. They weren't following the plans. So they asked, why do you do that? And they said, well, our boss told us to do it differently. All the way to the top of the plant manager. And they asked him, why did you decide to change the plans? And he said, well, I've been building cars for 20 years. And if we built the cars the way that your designs indicated, all the doors would squeak. And they said, yeah, but why did you make the change? That wasn't your job. And he said, Kaizen, right? And that's that lifestyle. That's a state of looking to constantly make improvements. So I heard that and I just loved that. But I think it's been something that that my parents instilled at an early age as well. So it reminds me like right off the bat of uh, Ikigai, but it just reminds me of that. <laughs> and, and your experience reminds me of my own and that when I was at a conference and I heard a speaker talk about it and it just like blew my mind. <laughs> and now I see it everywhere, but the principles behind it. Are you familiar with that, with Ikigai? Yes, yes. So when you hear that, what does it mean for you or what do you think of? I think it's just a, a commitment to betterment and, and excellence as an idea and and to yourself and to the people that you love and the people that are around you. That's how it relates to me. And then with Kaizen, where does that fall with your company name and then the concept? How, how did that evolve? It is sort of funny that we ended up talking about that at first and that came up so quickly because I did actually name the company after that philosophy. So Kaizen, we took out the A and were able to buy the .com, K-I-Z-E-N, because you want to be an official company, get your .com when you're getting it off the ground. <laughs> So yeah, it was just something that I felt fundamentally, I used to be a consultant, a management and marketing consultant for businesses that were growing really quick, whether that was divisions of Fortune 500 companies or rapid growth startups with a great mission and purpose. And what I found was there was an opportunity for technology to really help businesses improve constantly, better use data. Everyone talks about AI right now. And so about a decade ago, I was really interested in all of this and what came out of that is what is now the company Kaizen. So Mm. uh, it's definitely a company where the technology is built to help teams live that philosophy as well. How many years have you been around? Yeah. So we started the company in 2018. We officially launched our first four products in September of 2021. We have over 400,000 users all around the world, and we have about uh, 50 full-time team members. That's amazing. Congratulations on that growth and all that you've done. And I and I love the process of your path on how you got here. I mean, I know it's like in a nutshell and there's so much more. So much more <laughs> complexity, right? When it comes to, I guess, your your time in school and I, I want to talk about UT <laughs> and nice. your time there for sure. But uh is that what you saw uh, sitting in business classes where you are right now? Is this what you saw? Yeah. So I started my first company when I was 13 years old. And uh, it was like a little mini version of what today is Geek Squad or the Apple Genius Bar. So this is 2002 when computers were just coming out and I rode my bike around and helped people set up their first computer and get on the internet and be able to check their stocks and email their kids or pictures of their grandkids or whatever. And so my parents were very intentional around uh, me understanding how business works, right? And realizing that being an entrepreneur, understanding business could be a really valuable skill set for life. So I had started a handful of companies before I was actually at the University of Texas. And because of that, they gave me a lot of leeway while I was there. I was actually in a program where they encouraged me to continue to start new companies. And so I actually started my consulting company, the Scientific Marketing 
coaching group while I was at UT my sophomore year. And so I would say I probably wasn't sitting in class as much as everyone else might have been. I was spending a lot of that time traveling, building that business, but I love learning and I love my time at UT and spent a lot of time studying management and psychology as well as the role of technology in business while I was there. And do you recall all of the of the names of the companies that you that you uh, started from that young age all the way up to now? We probably could go through it if you want. Um, <laughs> do, do you want me to list I'm them curious. all? I'm curious. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to yeah. hear them. Yeah. Let's see if we can do it. So Winter Computing was the first business where I rode my bike around. I hired six other middle schoolers to do the same thing. And then we wow. took that business into high school as well. So that was fun. We got hit by a lot of hurricanes. So growing up in South Florida, you know, Palm Beach Gardens, we got hit by four hurricanes in one year. And I realized that we didn't have like all the best flashlights and generators and fans for when the power goes out and water filters. So created a business called One Stop Hurricane Shop. And One Stop Hurricane Shop was basically, we did a bunch of research. We bought all the different tools. We created a little like consumer reports like manual. And then I actually sent my computer consulting kind of team around with that. Mm -hmm. Effectively canceled hurricanes for a few years from Florida. So that was effective and, and kind of funny. But that business did pretty well. Then started a company called Textbooks Direct. So our school charged a lot of money in high school for textbooks. And we found a way to save people about $200 each year on their textbooks. And then we paid people back about $150 more than the school company was. So about a $350 net savings for everyone that went through us. And then we also did a business called Nutri-Apex, which was focused on helping top medical research doctors better communicate communicate around kind of their discoveries. And this was a really interesting business because I got to work with my dad, who is a medical research doctor. He's a neurologist wow. and has done some incredible work with the NIH and different uh, nutritional programs and pharmaceuticals and always saw that my dad and his colleagues, they would speak in front of hundreds of doctors, but really not be as eloquent at a dinner party and uh, worked with that for a little bit. So that was the fourth and then scientific marketing group. And now Kaizen is the sixth. Wow. These are all remarkable companies. And yeah, it's been fun. Where did the thought come from? Was it just like you saw the need and, and, and the product or the concept didn't exist? And so you just made it happen? Yeah, I think everything's been around seeing an opportunity to either add a lot of happiness into people's lives or solve a problem that was causing a lot of pain. And so I think each of the, the businesses, like the computer consulting business at the beginning when I was 13, sort of happened accidentally because I helped my my grandma fix a problem with her computer. And then she went to the local Italian club and told everyone in Italian and English that I had helped and went home from school with 50 voicemails, almost 50, like 43 voicemails the next day of, of other grandmas and grandpas wanting help. And so then it's just kind of one thing leads to another. You see opportunities and, and you see places to help. And I've just kind of always followed that thread. And I know you said that you had a lot of encouragement from your parents, which is awesome. Did that have, I guess, weight as, as far as your success and, and question, not questioning yourself when you're starting? those businesses at a, at a young age? Or did you question yourself? What was the process around that? Yeah, I think it has an enormous impact uh, having people that believe in you. I think my parents were both very encouraging. They had a philosophy, which was that they were going to really push me 
but they told me that we're going to push you towards greatness. We're going to be hard on you because we're helping you reach your potential, mm-hmm. right? And we're never going to ask of you something that you can't do. And so I also remember there was one day where, you know, I was in college and I had like three finals and I had a big project for work at the same time for one of the companies. And my dad said to me, he said, John, you're the type of person that when it's time to perform, you perform. And that little moment when I'm 18 years old at my first semester at college, I think really was something for years that I went back on, like having an authority figure in your life, someone that you admire and respect saying that to you. So I also think there were teachers early on in my life who encouraged me to strive for more. And and then I think also having success. One of the things that I'm really passionate about with education is that schools should really help people find where their unique skills are, where they can be really helpful and special. And everyone, I think, has those. They're different. Some people are incredible at math. Some people are incredible at English. Some people are great at technology or engineering or cooking or music. There's so many different versions of brilliances that people can have. And so I think that I was lucky that my life went in a way where people found where I was kind of special and and helpful. And there's a lot of positive reinforcement with that early on. And that led me to being willing to take risks, right? And then when you take a risk, it doesn't always work out. But when you're getting wins, that, that keeps your momentum going. So I absolutely believe that that was incredibly helpful. I think that that's a great idea. I mean, schools should definitely focus on on those areas with with students. I like that very much. You said your father told you that you perform when it's time. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it's funny because I always say internally, it takes a lot of pressure to make a diamond. And there's another phrase that pressure busts pipes, right? And so I think talking about the stories that you tell yourself throughout life, I think have a lot of impact. So I routinely try things that I think are difficult. And I think even through all of our lives, there's moments where the pressure's on and we feel stress and we feel anxiety. And, you know, what we need to do is just take a breath, right, and relax and do our best. And I somehow came up with this philosophy. And I think I came up with it, you know, when I was talking with my younger sister early on in her career. And I said, look, you know, my real idea here is I'm going to do my best and I'm going to be cool with the rest, right? But if I go out into a situation and I know I put my best foot forward, then whatever is going to happen is going to happen. I'm going to believe that that's meant to be, right? But if I somehow sabotage myself, or I I didn't do my best, I didn't put my effort in, then that's something that I'd have a regret over. Mm -hmm. So I've always made that commitment where I'm going to do my best, right? And whatever that is on that given day, I'm going to do my best at the activity that I have in front of me. And I'm going to be cool with the rest. What did you do, I guess, like when you don't have those days where you did the best? Like, how do you process that? Yeah, well, I still like to think that I did my best, but maybe I didn't do great. Right. And so I like to reflect back on that. And I say, what was it? Was I unprepared? Did I not have the right skills for that moment? Was I fatigued and burnt out? Right. You know, what was it? Was I, did I not eat enough food that day? Did I eat the wrong food? And so I think thinking through what led into that moment and using that moment as a springboard for future growth. I mean, look, I think 
I can be pretty tough on myself. I think a lot of people are, right? I think all of us are probably our own, our harshest critics. But I think if you're going to bring that energy of being really harsh on yourself, you also have to bring the love in the same level of passion. The past exists to help make your future better and to make the present better. So if, if you already spilled the milk, sure, let's have a little moment to remember the milk. Let's realize, okay, well, maybe I should store the milk there because I knocked it over there. But then let's move on and be focused on being happy and moving forward. That's awesome. And I think what I was thinking, but it didn't quite come out correctly, for others that are listening to this, they're receiving what you're saying and then they're probably doing an internal check and saying, okay, that's a great concept. I should check in with myself. I should see what it is that went wrong and base my next actions off of that. What would you tell someone listening who is like at the at the beginning of, of having to kind of rewire themselves because maybe they're focusing too hard hard on certain areas or not giving themselves that self-love or they're they're not yeah. you know what I mean like what would you tell them as a starting point to to do like just like small things to implement yeah I would say I think a lot of people especially early on in life they put so much pressure on themselves and they expect to be perfect and perfection is is not an achievable goal it's not reality right so progress over perfection I think would be important and then I think also like if you look at baseball players right the people who are in the major leagues the best ones of those every three out of 10 times they go to swing at the ball like go go get an at bat they get a hit right they're 300 hitters that's 30 percent of the time they get on base and then they get in the hall of fame for that and i think life can be similar right you don't have to be perfect like greatness can be achieved without needing to get to perfection and so i think being kind to yourself through that process and setting reasonable expectations and saying look i'm going to grow and i'm going to compare to to where i was before and and keep getting better and better and better from there i think that's important. Definitely. And thank you for answering that for us. I know you said you didn't spend a whole lot of time in the classroom. For those that are interested in entrepreneurship or starting their own business, what advice would you offer to them that has not really been talked about in books, in conversations, on YouTube, or, you know, in on social media? Uh-huh. What what is that what is that one thing that you know that pearl to yourself that isn't out there in the world that you want to share with them? That's a great question. And I will say that I am a huge believer in the fundamentals. I think that a lot of people skip the first step when they read like kind of the steps towards starting a business. And I made that mistake a little bit with some of my businesses and then I had to double back. And so I don't think there's a magic silver bullet. I know there's a lot of things on YouTube about that. And this is the breakthrough that's going to happen. I think that with business, you're driving value, you're helping people. So who are those people that you're going to help? And how are you going to help them? I think that's part one where you start. And then if you want to build a business out of it, you need to understand what is the value of helping them? Is this a $10 problem? Is this or $10 uh, amount of joy that you bring to them? Or is this a $100,000 or a million dollar? Where is it? Right. Mm -hmm. And then how much is it going to cost us to be able to do that? So you kind of have the who are we helping and how are we helping? What is the value? And then how do I build a system to be able to do that at scale? And that could be as simple as, look, I'm building beautiful t-shirts for people that have a funny phrase on it because it makes people laugh, right? And there's a lot of people who've made tens of millions of dollars building funny t-shirts, right? And that's bringing joy to the world. And I love that, right? 
And then you can also have people building technology and AI like what we do. But it's fundamentally all the same stuff. Are there any problems, I guess, in the technology sphere that that you are looking forward to trying to tackle? I think that we have such an incredible path forward with how technology and automation and AI, they're really misunderstood right now, I think, in a lot of ways. They haven't been able to have the impact that they want. But the vision that I see for it is really helping people do more, helping people be more productive so they have more impact at work, but also have more free time to do what they love. I personally am a big believer in moving humanity towards a 20 to 25 hour work week where people are more productive in that time than they are today in a 40, 50 or 60 hour work week. And I think the reason that that's so important is because Work, I think, is really a good part of a healthy life, right? Being able to contribute and help others, right? I think that generates a lot of happiness for people. But I think a lot of people have to work too much today where it's hard for them to be a great you know, wife or husband, be a great mom or dad, be a great friend, have the time for fitness, have the time to prepare and eat healthy meals, have the time to manage their emotional health. And so I think that technology can help us not only solve the major problems that we have. I'm extremely bullish on how data will help solve everything from, I mean, it's doing this today, like cancers and Alzheimer's and different medical side things. So that when I have a problem with my cell phone provider, I don't have to wait 45 minutes on hold, right? Mm -hmm. Little things like this that just improve our life. So as far as specific challenges, data is interesting. Like the role where organizations today are very siloed and they have technology that works for the marketing team or a sales team or an operations team. And I'm very interested in helping teams work together better. I think there's a synergy opportunity there that will really make a meaningful difference in people's lives, right? So we have a three-win philosophy that I believe in, which is one, the experience gets better for the customer. Two, the team member is able to do more and do more of what they love. Mm -hmm. And then three, the company is able to enjoy more success. And so the intersection of those three things is, is where I'm really passionate. And how long did it take you to develop that? I don't know. Having the last name winner, you get made fun of a little bit growing up. It's also very lucky and awesome. And, you know, my first slogan for student council in fourth grade was you win with winner. So you could play on it a lot. But in my last company, I had this win, win, win philosophy, which is like you win, the company wins and the world wins too. And so I, I don't know how long it took me to come up with that, but it just seemed like what we should be striving for, right? It seems like where we're at from a humanity standpoint, the next evolution is really really bringing those wins for more stakeholders. I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about it for a long time, but I'm not exactly sure how it developed. I mean, part of it is your life experience, I'm sure. And then part of it, your business experience. So yeah, it's just the culmination of your entire life, really. And it's changing, I'm sure, and evolving and growing. And I think you've done amazing things. You're a very impressive young person. I'm a young person. I'm not. <laughs> that, that was very weird. How I said that. I apologize. But you're, you're 33, right? That's amazing to have achieved so much at 33. What does 43 and 53 look like for you? That Well, thank you, first of all. Uh, again, I appreciate the kind words. You're very nice. But uh, yeah, I, I think that 
I'm really intrigued with what we're building. And I know a core question for this is like, are, are you happy? And I think I, I have a lot of value that building things like this and solving complex problems drives for me. So I love working on the forefront of really interesting technologies that are making an impact on humanity. And so more of the same on that front. And uh, one day I'd like to be a dad. So by 43, I imagine that that will be in place hopefully. And uh, yeah, just kind of continue to explore and love and live and focus on my health. Kind of the core pillars, I think, of life are health, contribution, and relationships. So whenever I think of my life plans, it's always thinking about those three. So I think health is so important. You want to be able to feel good. That supports everything that you want to be able to do. It's like when you get on the plane and they say in the unlikely event of uh, an issue, you know, and we lose oxygen pressure, the masks are going to fall from the ceiling, right? You got to put your mask on first. Otherwise, you might fall over trying to put it on someone else. And so I think taking care of the health is always important. And then relationship, romantic relationship and uh, having great friends and family. That's something that's important to me. Um, and I'm very lucky who I have around me and I work hard. I invest in, in having great friendships and, and being a great son and brother and, and all of that. And then contribution, making an impact. So I'm not exactly sure what 43 is going to look like. I hope that we're able to do some really cool things that, that make a difference and have a lot of fun along the way. That's an excellent response. You're probably the first person that has ever asked themselves the are you happy question before I got to it. So, so that's hilarious. But yeah, you kind of stole my thunder there. Are you happy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd say I'm very happy, very grateful and excited. And I think all of those three things kind of go very together for me. And so feeling happy, feeling appreciative and having a vision of the future that's exciting to me, right? Looking forward and being like, this moment is awesome. And what we're building towards is great. I did study psychology while I was at UT as well. And I've always been really into it. And my, one of my favorite books is a book called The Happiness Advantage. Are you familiar with that one? Have you read that yet? Familiar. Yeah. So it, it's uh, The Happiness Advantage. And it's based on uh, some work where it found that there's two core philosophies that people have about happiness. The main philosophy that people have is I'll be happy when X, Y, and Z happens. And what the research does is show that that methodology is a bit of a trap because the goalposts always moves, right? And so there is a second philosophy of happiness, which is I'm going to be happy. And I found that to be really interesting. And then the book goes into the science to show that people who have the methodology of I'm going to be happy, I'm not going to put conditions on my happiness. People that just find a way to have that state are able to actually achieve more and get better outcomes in life. And it's interesting because I read this book when one of my earlier businesses was struggling and I wasn't feeling very happy in that moment. And I found that, and I was actually neglecting a little bit of like some of my health. I wasn't working out as much as normal. I wasn't eating as well because I was stressed. And I thought that this was 
was like pretty interesting and the research seemed very well done. So I was like, you know what? I do need to have core pillars of my life, like my health, my sleep, my nutrition, that no matter what's happening in business or other areas, because life's tough, you go through things, right? Everyone does. I need to have my core pillars and routines in place to have a base level of happiness. So that 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 was interesting in kind of developing my own personal philosophy on unhappy. Thank you for sharing that book title. I think that's excellent. And I'm sure that our listeners would really benefit off reading that book. So yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that you talked about happiness on your own, even though you stole my thunder. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just messing with you. But because you answered your own question, you kind of did throughout the time, which is fine. But my question then to you is, what would you tell others who are struggling with happiness? What would be your your advice to them? I heard an incredible phrase from a friend of mine who was struggling with some stuff. And I was talking with him one night and he said, you know, I heard that, you know, if you focus on the past too much, you get sad and depressed. And if you focus on the future too much, you get anxiety, right? But in the present, you're always going to be able to handle what's in front of you. You're going to be good. And that was a philosophy for him for he was struggling with depression. And I heard that and I was like, that's really interesting. That's a really interesting methodology and way of thinking about it. And I I get it, right? You know, you thinking about the past too much, you're kind of ah, thinking about the future too much. You don't, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future, right? So if you try to solve all the problems in the future, oh my gosh, right? That's overwhelming. But if you just focus on what's in front of you and there's a Chinese proverb that's, you know, pretty simple. The journey of a thousand miles starts a single step at a time. I think just focusing on how do I take the next step towards where I want to be? If I'm not where I want to be, I need to get myself into an action mindset where I can become productive. So I think getting, you know, some clarity and okay, I know I don't want to be here. I want to be there. How do I take one step towards that? How do I do one thing today that's going to get me in that direction? That may be something as simple as eating a healthy meal having a few extra vegetables, going for a walk, right? Giving yourself some time to meditate, right? Whatever it is, just taking one step towards where you want to go. It could be getting on a dating app, right? You might be unhappy because you don't have the love of your life in your life yet. And it's like, okay, well, what's that one step that I can take towards that today? And if you just keep focusing on that one step, and I like to say, you just keep on stepping, then I think that's why not have a smile on your face while you're, while you're trying, but that can be hard, right? But just if you still keep focusing on that one step at a time, I think that can be really helpful. So I guess that's what I'd say. Excellent. Very, very well said. And it kind of overlaps onto the other question. You're just too good at this. <laughs> so I'll phrase it differently and, and it'll sound kind of odd, but if you could share a message with the world, other than anything you've said today, <laughs> totally different <laughs> message, just something, something different, something maybe that you've always wanted to share, but maybe you didn't have the right situation of, of which to share that or the right platform, if that makes sense. Just a totally different message that you want to share with the world at this point in time. What would that be? Uh, well, that's an amazing and, and profound uh, question. <laughs> so, so thank you for that. I am pretty direct. I, I tend to say what I want to say. I think there's a big message, but it's a difficult time for a lot of people right now, I think. And I think we've talked about, you know, love yourself through the process, right? And and be intentional about, about what you want to build. I think dream. Sometimes you have to have that intention, 
for what it is that you want to create in your life. And, you know, it can seem really difficult if you're in a position that's not anywhere close to what you want. But I think it, it all starts with, there's a Henry Ford quote, you must first believe before you can achieve. And so, you know, when I sit and I talk with people one-on-one, I spend a lot of time encouraging them to give it a go, right? Give it a go, be intelligent, see what works, keep doing what works and stop doing what doesn't work, right? And so that would be a message that maybe I do already say publicly, but I would really emphasize given the opportunity. And is there anything that we didn't quite touch on that you do want to talk about anything at all? Oh, this has been great. Um, I'd say thank you so much for, uh, you know, the opportunity to talk today. Uh, You asked some great questions. I think we covered some great topics and it's been a ton of fun. So no, I think we, nothing else to add at this time, but looking forward to maybe we can have a conversation again and uh, in the near term and go from there. Yeah, we're going to meet up in Austin. It's going to happen. Sounds great. Love it. Come hang. (laughs) You're a total winner. And everything everything you've done, everything you've done thus far, be, be incredibly proud. I mean, you probably already are, but, but uh, you know, it's it's something, in, it's interesting when you hear it from someone else and you hear someone else tell you like, hey, you're, you're awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you, Vanessa. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, I love meeting people and seeing what, you know, what path you've, you've been down, but also what you've learned in, in this path and what your perspective on happiness looks like and how that derived. And I think it's wonderful that you had such encouraging parents. So thank Absolutely. you to your parents. I'm sure that they <laughs> they can hear this episode and we thank them for uh, raising a, a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, it. Thank you, mom and dad. And thank you, Vanessa. That's good stuff. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> and um, is there, I guess, social media websites for Kaizen that you want to share? Yeah, sure. So my day job's at Kaizen. You know, we help sales, marketing, and operations teams. That's kaizen.com, K-I-Z-E-N. And uh, my one of my new year's resolutions is to start getting active on social media. So I'm going to get this Twitter thing off and running here soon at John winner, pretty easy. So uh, we'll have to add a new tweet about this episode there. And then that'll, that'll kick us off. Yeah. And speaking of Twitter, do, do you think it's going to uh, go the mile and stick around? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a great topic right now. It's been an important platform, right? It's been a way to get news instantly for a long time. And um, I, it's interesting to see the changes that it's going through. I'm always rooting for better and better ways for people to communicate whatever platform that's happening on. And so I think on that one, I'm a spectator and I got my popcorn and I'm, I'm watching the show uh, just like everyone else. But uh, LinkedIn, I guess, is the more established platform where people are welcome to find me as well and happy to connect there as well. Yeah. And I will definitely add you as a connection. And so we'll we'll stay in touch for sure. There was a time where LinkedIn was not the go-to for business networking. Every yeah. every every one of those social platforms had a period where they were not the most popular. Instagram, same thing. So yeah. I'm really interested to see what happens to Twitter, right? What if it doesn't go down in a burning flame? <laughs> what if it what if it actually has a rebirth and comes back way better? That would be awesome. That'd be exciting. Maybe your team will do it. (laughs) Maybe because you're there, it'll just happen. Um, Well, thank you so much again for being here. And we cannot wait to share uh, this episode, but also invite everyone to check your website out, to follow you on social and just continue on this journey with you. If you'll hang back a moment uh, after the show, that will be great. And again, thanks so much, Mr. Winner. You are indeed a winner. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks. 
The Are You Happy Hour and Are You Happy Hotline are brought to you by Are You Happy Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media such as Instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Are You Happy, the docuseries, can also be found on social media such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See you guys next time for another wonderful episode of Are You Happy, the Happy Hour.